Shall we start with the word of prayer? Oh, Father, we thank you for the privilege that we have this morning to come together as a church. We thank you for the wonderful songs that we could sing in which we were reminded of our faith, the things that we believe. And we were reminded of the resurrection of our Lord and Savior, Jesus. And because He lives, we can face tomorrow. Father, we thank you that you can open your word. We pray that you will speak to us, all of us, including myself. And through me, as I pass on the words that you have put in my heart, pray that you will anoint it with your spirit. In the Lord Jesus' name. Amen. So we continue our core value series for those of us um, who haven't joined us in the previous uh, weeks. We are doing a series of seven, all the core values that are on the wall here. And today is this one, send, always sending. We gather for a season and then are sent to the ends of the earth. Every effort must be made to send out believers who are deeper and stronger disciples than when they arrived. We send out expecting the greatest days of kingdom effect are ahead of each of us. There's a lot of action in this uh, core value. The ends of the earth effort, sent out, discipleship, kingdom impact, a lot of action, it's about the great commission, sent out, out, out to the millions and billions in this world. I struggle with this sermon, I've been praying, what am I going to say Lord, a call for action? Another sermon to stress the importance of reaching out and using every single opportunity that we have to reach out to the people around us. But that's not how I feel at the moment. Lord, I feel empty, tired. Pastor Eric. Yeah. I felt stuck in my preparation. I couldn't be excited about the sermon myself, so how to preach. Then I believe the Lord gave me this, John 20 and 21. For those of us who are sad, or afraid, or struggling with doubts or even unbelief, for those of us who have failed, and I say us, so that includes myself. We will look this morning at the tears of Mary Magdalene, the fear of the disciples, the doubts of Thomas, and lastly to Peter, who felt disqualified because of failure. So we start with the tears of Mary Magdalene. We read in Luke that seven demons had gone out of Mary Magdalene when she first met Jesus, and since then, he, Jesus, had been the joy and the love of her life. 
Uh, let me just mention, this was not romantic love, as some have suggested in books and movies. But he, Jesus, was the love of your life, really, and now he was dead. We cannot imagine the grief and devastation, really, that he was in. And maybe some of us can, actually. Shall we read from John, chapter 20? And I start in verse 11. John chapter 20, verse 11. But Mary stood weeping outside the tomb. And as she wept, she stooped to look into the tomb. And she saw two angels in white sitting where the body of Jesus had lain. One at the head and one at the feet. They said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? She said to them, They have taken away my Lord, and I do not know where they have laid him. Having said this, he turned around and saw Jesus standing, but she did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you seeking? Supposing him to be the gardener, she said to him, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have laid him, and I will take him away. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned and said to him in Aramaic, Rabuni, which means teacher. Jesus said to her, Do not cling to me, for I have not ascended to my father, but go to my brothers, to the father, but go to my brothers and say to them, I am ascending to my father and your father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went and announced to the disciples, I have seen the Lord, and that he had said these things to her. <coughs> so when you read this passage in, in Matthew, it speaks about the Roman guards that were watching the tomb, and then they saw one angel. They trembled, became like dead men. But when Mary saw two angels, Inside that tomb, imagine two angels in a tomb. She didn't seem very impressed. She was totally numbed by grief, and probably she even couldn't see properly because of the tears that she had in her eyes. They have taken away my Lord, verse 13. Then she turns and sees a man standing, but she doesn't know it's Jesus. And Jesus asked her, why are you weeping? Well, he knew the answer, of course. He knows every detail of our lives, the things that we go through. But he wants us to say it. As Peter says, cast your burdens on him. Say it. So often when we are down or sad, all we say is, Lord, help me. Help me what? Do we really sit down and talk to him and say what's bothering us? The fact that he is all-knowing doesn't mean that he's not interested in our stories. Quite the opposite. Why are you weeping? So Mary gives her answer. 
Supposing him to be the gardener, she said to him, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have laid him, and I will take him away. I will take him away. Not very realistic. A body of a full-grown man. But she is overwhelmed by grief, heartbroken. And I'm sure some of us can relate to that. You just want to cry because of the situation you are in. Don't bother me with whatever great commission core value. I'm crying. Verse 16. Jesus said to her, Mary. Wonderful, right? Mary. Carol. Mavis. Michelle. Fiona. Mary. Put your own name there. That was all she needed. He knows my name. He knows me. He is here. He is alive. And his father is my father. And his God is my God. She saw Jesus. She heard his voice. Calling her name. That was it. And then. And only then. Jesus tells her go. And say. And there she goes sent by Jesus himself tears wiped away I have seen the Lord she says to the disciples now let's continue reading in verse 19 John 20 verse 19 on the evening of that day the first day of the week the doors being locked where the disciples were for fear of the Jews Jesus came and stood among them and said to them, Peace be with you. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, even so I am sending you. And when he had said this, he breathed in them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. So the doors were locked because of fear. Do we have fear when we think about being sent to the ends of the earth or to our neighbor or even to our own cousin? Shall we just lock that door and enjoy some singing amongst ourselves and, and, and listen to the sermon and then quietly go home? I can remember a few occasions back in the Netherlands, uh, the church there, that we had a beggar or a drug addict or some weird personality walking in our meeting. And straight away I felt stressed. Oh no, now I, can, I cannot enjoy the sermon already because I'm worried that this guy is doing something, something stupid. It's so much nicer and safer, right, when we're just amongst ourselves. There was fear. And for those disciples, for a good reason actually, their leader had been killed. And they were his disciples just, just a few days ago. Then came Jesus and stood in their midst and he says, Peace be with you. Do we have peace in our hearts? There's two types of peace. 
peace with God through faith in Christ. Romans 5. Do you have that? Peace with God through faith in Christ. That's one thing. But then the next thing is the peace of God that guards your hearts and minds. Philippians 4. So often our minds and hearts are not at peace. Yes, we have peace with God. I hope you have. But the peace of God that guards your heart and your mind. So often our thoughts just go on and on and on, even in our restless sleep. Jesus showed them his hands and his side. And these marks were not only proof that indeed it was Jesus, but they were also the proof of his love. And we love because he first loved us. First John 4. And then it continues. And perfect love casts out fear. The disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. I have seen the Lord, said Mary. And now the disciples saw him too. Remember the song that we sang just now, Because He Lives, I Can Face Tomorrow. It's our wedding song, by the way. Wonderful song. And Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. John 20, verse 21. And then after they had seen Him, and the marks in His hands and His side, proof of His love, and after He has pronounced His peace, he adds, as the Father has sent me, even so I am sending you. Even so. It's quite nice, the house that we are staying, each time I look up to the ceiling, I'm reminded of this even so. Because all the down lights have this brand, even so. Which is, which is Dutch for even so, actually. Even so means... Just as the Father has sent me, I'm sending you. In other words, Christ is our example. So what do we learn from him? A lot of things, of course, but let me mention one. His relationship with the Father was one of the deepest intimacy and total submission. And that was the basis for his sending. So when we read the Gospels, we always see him in communion with the Father. The Son of God, equal with God, omniscient, and yet he spent the whole night, till dawn actually, in prayer, fellowship with his Father, before he chose his twelve disciples. So when Jesus says, even so, we just keep asking ourselves, how did Christ live for his father on earth. And by the way, do you know why Jesus selected those 12 disciples? It says in Mark 3, verse 14, so that they might be with him. That's one. And he might send them out. In that order. So that they might be with him and he might send them out. Jesus always had communion with his Father, and so he was sent. Even so, 
we are with him first and then we are sent just like Mary I have seen the Lord then Jesus says go and tell and the disciples who were glad when they saw the Lord okay all good and well but I haven't seen the Lord well none of us have seen the Lord I suppose and Thomas didn't see him at first Thomas this doubting disciple let's continue reading in uh, John 20 verse 26 because the first time Thomas wasn't there and eight days later 26 his disciples were inside again and Thomas was with them although the doors were locked Jesus came and stood among them and said peace be with you then he said to Thomas put your finger here and see my hands and put out your hand and place it in my side do not disbelieve but believe Thomas answered him my Lord and my God Jesus said to him have you believed because you have seen me blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed Thomas had serious doubts it just could not be true he knew for sure that Jesus was dead crucified dead and that means death but then like Mary and the disciples he saw the Lord risen alive and then he says my Lord and my God and Jesus says have you believed because you have seen me blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed doubts they are a serious hindrance hindrance to wholeheartedly reach out to a lost world sometimes doubts can be really overwhelming my goodness do I know for sure that this this Bible is true I have a message for a lost world who says it's true well says John that's why I wrote this gospel verse 31 but these are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ the Son of God and that by believing you may have life in his name true we haven't seen Jesus in the same way as Mary saw him and the disciples and Thomas but we can see him in the scriptures and John says that should be enough <coughs> and Jesus says the battery is finished yeah. could you replace it thank you
says these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ the Son of God and that by believing you may have life in his name so it's the Bible and John says that should be enough and Jesus says blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed I have struggled with this quite a bit as a young teenager doubts who says all this is true One day I asked my mom, are there any proofs outside the Bible? You know what? <coughs> Whatever historians or things they found in the ground or give me proofs outside the Bible. Now my parents, thank God for that, they taught me the Bible every day. And we had talked for hours about my struggles. Aren't there any proofs outside the Bible, Mama? You know what happened? She started to cry. She didn't say anything, but she must have thought, my dear son, if you cannot believe this, what else can you believe? So what do we, what do, we do when Satan whispers doubts in your hearts? And he still does that, even to me, although I'm no longer a teenager. What do we do? What did Jesus do when he was tempted in the desert? All he did was, it is written, it is written, it is written. God has said, I believe the word of God, not blindly, stupidly, for no reason, without any foundation. It's in fact very reasonable to believe. For it, it is true, this word of God that I see the Lord and read through the Old and the New Testament <coughs> and by faith put your finger on those marks and put your hands of faith in his side and we no longer disbelieve but we believe so that's what it says every effort must be made to send out believers who are deeper stronger disciples than when they arrived. So I believe this church should be a place where you can come just as you are. Sad, afraid, full of doubts. But it should be a place where we find comfort. Comfort of Jesus through his word, through the songs that we sing, through his people. A place where we find help to discover that love that casts out fear. A place where the word of God comes to us with power. So that doubts give way to faith. Then finally, Peter. You may say, well, I believe. But I don't feel qualified for this great commission business. I have sinned. 
and I mean not just long ago, I mean yesterday. Peter had sinned. He had denied his master three times and he cursed in doing it. That Sunday afternoon, after the Lord was risen, he appeared to see Simon Peter, says Luke 24. He doesn't give any details, but I'm sure they have talked about what had happened, the denial of Peter. And Peter must have confessed the sins that he committed. And I'm sure he knew that Jesus had fully forgiven him. But he wouldn't think of himself as of any use for the master. He was forgiven, yes, but disqualified, nevertheless. I better go fishing. What else can I do? Good thing I like fishing. John 21, verse 3. Simon Peter said to them, I'm going fishing. They said to him, we will go with you. They went out and got into the boat. But that night they caught nothing. Just as they was breaking, Jesus stood on the shore. Yet the disciples did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to them, cast the net on the other, on the right side of the boat and you will find some. So they cast it, and now they were not able to haul it in because of the quantity of fish. That disciple whom Jesus loved therefore said to Peter, it is the Lord. When Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he put on his outer garment, for he was stripped for work, and threw himself into the sea. The other disciples came in the boat, dragging the net full of fish, for they were not far from the land, but about a hundred yards off. When they got out on land, they saw a charcoal fire in place, with fish laid out on it, and bread. Peter said to them, bring some of the fish that you have just caught. So Simon Peter went aboard and hauled the net ashore, full of large fish, 153 of them. And although there were so many, the net was not torn. Jesus said to them, Come and have breakfast. Now none of the disciples dared ask him, Who are you? They knew it was the Lord. Sin is a serious thing. It brought the Son of God to the cross. That's how serious it is. But the price that was paid on that cross is so enormous that forgiveness is absolute. Forgiven means forgiven and you can truly make a new and fresh start. And I believe that was the reason why Jesus met with Peter a second time. Day was breaking. It's the best time of the day actually especially in this country, cool and nice. There's a beach, a lake, a boat, very peaceful. And then a man on the beach, it is the Lord. Remember, Mary Magdalene saw the Lord. The disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. 
Thomas said, my Lord and my God. And now John says to Peter, hey, it is the Lord. Remember that verse? Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. Not this time. Peter wasn't so confident anymore. But his love for the Lord was there as ever. He couldn't wait and he threw himself into the water. It is the Lord. And then verse 12. Jesus said to them, come and have breakfast. I love this verse very much. Feel the peace of it. The work on the cross finished. Death defeated. Sin dealt with. And a few more weeks and Jesus would go back to his father. Feel the peace. Sand between your toes. A charcoal fire. Fish and bread. Wasn't there a world to evangelize? Yeah. Had he not commanded them to go into all the world? Yes. But first, come and have breakfast. Breakfast with Jesus. That is how believers become deeper and stronger disciples. And then after breakfast, the story continues. And I'm just going, not adding to the Bible, but just adding a few words, thoughts, comments. Simon, son of John, do you love me? With agape love, that love that God has. And do you love me more than these, your friends and those fish, this fishing business? Do you love me more than architecture? The job that you are holding currently? Just asking. Peter said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He's using a different word for love. He doesn't dare to use this agape love. But yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my lambs. Because feeding the young ones in the flock is a demonstration of your love for me. I want to use you, Peter. Simon, son of John, do you love me with agape love, that unselfish love that God has? Peter said, yes, Lord, I think so. Well, you know that I love you. Then tend my sheep. They need the loving care of someone who loves the shepherd. Simon, son of John, do you love me? Lord, it makes me sad that you keep asking. I'm confused now whether or not I love you. I definitely don't love you as I should love. And I don't know that my love for you is nothing compared to your love for me. But you know everything. Surely you can find that love in my heart. Feed my sheep, Peter. For love is the only acceptable motive for serving me. And Peter, Eric, Sam, Mark, Francis.
Stephen, and put your own name. Says Jesus, let's have breakfast together soon. As the Father has sent me, even so I am sending you. And there you have them in Acts chapter 4, a few weeks later only. The apostles, bold as lions, there is salvation in no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. And when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated, common men, they were astonished and they recognized that they had been with Jesus. They recognized that they had been with Jesus. Shall we pray? Father, we thank you for this Gospel of John and especially chapter 20 and 21 the resurrection of Jesus Christ our Lord and because he lives we can face tomorrow we thank you Lord Jesus that you are able to wipe away our tears that you are able to remove our fears and even our doubts and when we feel disqualified because of sin, we thank you for the forgiveness, unconditional and complete forgiveness of our sins, and for a new start that we can make. Help us, Lord Jesus, to be close to yourself, to have breakfast with you every morning, or any other time of the day that is for us the best time of the day to meet with you. We thank you for the Spirit who pours out your love into our hearts by which we cry, Abba, Father. And help us then to reach out because we believe that you have sent us. Help us to reach people that are lost. Help us to do that with love for you as our motive. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.